0: Please stick around to the end of the show, and we will share how you could be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, let's go. Okay, welcome everybody to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I'm Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the branding evangelist. And oh my goodness, I just connected with my guest for just a couple of minutes. And I'm just already turned on and inspired because she's from New Jersey. And I just cannot even say enough because I was sharing with her that everyone who I meet from the great state of New Jersey are just so incredible. So please welcome Claire Chandler to the show. How you
1: doing, Claire? Hey, Jerry. I'm doing great. Thank you for such a great introduction. I love it.
0: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So if you would, please give our listeners and our viewers a quick overview of exactly what your company does.
1: Absolutely. So, and again, thank you for having me. It's it's such a pleasure to uh, to share your stage for even a brief time. Um, so I am a corporate survivor. So I spent the bulk of my career in corporate America uh, and then struck out on my own in, in 2013 and formed my company, Talent Boost. Um, I specialize in being an executive leadership advisor. So I really help um, senior level leadership teams work together more effectively in less time without uh, cultural resistance so that they can accelerate their growth.
0: Oh, my goodness. Cultural resistance. Uh. (laughs) See, that right there is intriguing. What exactly do you mean by that?
1: you know it's the it's the drag that every organization especially the large complex ones struggle with and they don't like to talk about um i've done quite a bit of work with large global organizations regional companies and even private equity um and private equity in particular has a uh has this as a pain point right they go in and they acquire a company and it looks great on paper and they size it up and they say oh we've got this plan that we're immediately going to come in and make changes, make tweaks. And the first thing they usually do is change some technology system, whether it's a payroll system or an IT platform, et cetera. And what they find is they have a brilliant growth strategy and they are met with resistance at every turn. And the people in the organization, and this is not just unique to to private equity in the acquisition space, it is uh, endemic across all types of organizations. We have this innate resistance to change. And so when someone comes in, whether it's a new investor, uh, a new parent company, a new leader at the top of an organization, and they try to bring in their unique brand of what will take the company to the next level, they are met with what I call this cultural resistance where people dig in and say, yeah, I like the idea of growing and getting more competitive and having a, you know, a more visible career path. I just don't like to have to change anything that we're doing now in order to attain it. And it's this cultural resistance that can lead to the failure of many an organization.
0: Oh, my goodness. Does the name Twitter ring a bell right now? Right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, hello. Oh,
0: my God. And what's going to happen at Southwest Airlines after that meltdown over the Christmas holidays, right? With all their flights being canceled because of their system and on and on and on. So, you know,
1: it's interesting that you bring up Southwest, and I think it's such a timely example. And even, I think, more. Um telling because Southwest has always had this um, well-known recognized brand that was employee first. You remember all the Southwest commercials, they feature their employees and how happy they are and what a wonderful company it is to work for and within. Yeah. And then they met adversity and everything broke down.
0: I mean, everything broke down. Everything. They, they couldn't connect the crews with the luggage with the passengers. I
1: mean, <laughs> yeah. And as we're recording this conversation, I mean, they are still looking for lost luggage. I mean, this is this is a this is a huge problem. And and it's going to be interesting to see what their brand does if they can come back from this.
0: So what would you say going back to the kind of work that you do, which I which I just think is absolutely brilliant. What are the top three challenges or problems that these companies are dealing with within the context of cultural resistance that you saw yeah. that you saw for them?
1: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, some of the ways that that shows up, right, there's pain and there's symptoms of the pain. And I think some of those key symptoms that I can come in and help an organization solve are underperformance kind of across the board. And usually it shows up or at least it, it rises to the level of C-level attention um, in financial underperformance, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's that. There's also always a bandwidth problem. And what I mean by that is there are necessary steps organizations need to take to get everybody on the same page and to get them moving in the right, in the right direction at the right level of performance that requires a lift that they are not necessarily equipped from a bandwidth or a capacity standpoint to, to, to handle. Right. Um, And so there's that, that sort of bandwidth um, part. And then the other, you know, the other piece of this sort of cultural resistance is, and I'm seeing this a lot in the conversations I'm having with C-level uh, executives is that people doubt their authenticity. Ooh. They doubt that the people at the top, whether they've been there for years or they have brought been brought in to lead this new change or transformation, mm. the people beneath them, and I'm talking even at the senior most leadership level directly beneath them doubt that they are genuine, doubt Mm. that these leaders are coming in with the best intention of the organization in mind. And when you put all those things together, it's a big mountain that executive leadership is trying to overcome. And we know that the tenure of an executive leader is pretty short, right? Mm. The the, the boards, the stakeholders, the investors, the, the customers have a very short honeymoon period for these leaders to come in and demonstrate competence and actually lead the organization forward.
0: And I would also imagine that since the pandemic, one of the big changes, of course, in corporate America has been, quote, unquote, the employees who want to continue working from home, right? And so so they try to find the middle ground in terms of having a hybrid marketplace. And one of the things that came out of the data that I saw was that one of the main reasons a lot of people don't want to go back into the quote unquote office environment is because it's toxic,
1: yes, I'll deal
0: with that as well in terms of resistance,
1: yeah. Well, here's where culture really rears its ugly head, right? because there what was interesting was right before the pandemic happened. Mm. I was having conversations with a lot of companies on two fronts, one on what their 20 year or even 10 year strategic plan looked like. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic of course, immediately shrank that horizon to you know let's just keep the lights on. Yeah. Um, but the other piece was a lot of organizations were on the verge of trying to figure out how to create more flexibility in how people got their work done and where they got their work done. Mm-hmm. And a lot of companies were saying, we're just not ready to shift to a hybrid working environment. Well, then, in walked COVID, and they were forced to deal with that. Yeah. Now, fast forward to today, they had to figure it out, right? Evolve or die. Mm. Um, and so, most companies did figure it out, but I think the challenge remains: the cracks in the foundation of companies whose culture was not employee affirming. Those cracks turn into fissures, and those fissures turned into major, you know, sinkholes in in a lot of these companies. And not all of them um, went out of business, but a lot of them are still dealing with um, shoring up that foundation because the ground has shifted permanently Thanks. and the workforce is demanding that this hybrid, this flexibility, this this uh, empowerment to get my job done mm. in ways that suit my life and the demands of home and health first, yes. um, they're not going away. And employees are demanding that to be the, the the standard, right? That is sort of the ticket of entry for them to stay with a company or to join a new one.
0: Exactly. Well, no, no, this is this is fascinating. So, as you know, this is a branding podcast, all about leadership in your space. And I would imagine that some of these companies, when they think about bringing in someone like yourself, with well, your type of expertise, they might think they should bring in some kind of coach or some kind of management consultant or business consultant, and who knows what. How do you distinguish yourself? Because that's really what this work is about here in terms of brand forward leadership. How do you separate yourself from others in the industry?
1: Yeah, that,
0: I- There are a couple of things question. they can turn to.
1: I, I love that question. And, and you're absolutely right. Every organization has a lot of options to, yeah. to choose from. And a lot of times, you know, going back to this sort of challenge of capacity and bandwidth, a lot of times they go with what is the first option they see. Mm-hmm. Or, the option that they have always availed themselves of in the past. Um, the way that I distinguish myself is this: You can bring in a facilitator of a team building session. Uh-huh. and you could spend five days with your leadership team kind of walking around nature and hugging each other and you know getting in touch with your you know your your softer side and all of that sort of thing. But at the end of those couple of days, you're no closer to um getting everybody in sync on the strategic plan. On the flip side of that, you can bring in a business consultant who specializes in helping a leadership team come together and build out a strategy, but they sort of short circuit the team building side. And so they start to build a strategy that looks really ambitious and really impressive on paper, but they've got no shot at all of executing because they've overlooked getting the team to gel. And so how I differentiate myself is I sort of bring those two halves together. Right, And so I will bring a senior leadership team into the same room and work on accelerating trust Mm. first Mm -hmm. toward an outcome that is tangible to say, if you're going to build out an ambitious strategy, which we'll take care of on day two, you have to trust each other first. You have to get vulnerable. You have to be genuine and authentic. And you have to understand what is the best you bring to the table and how does it complement the best that someone else brings to the table. And so I have yet to find anyone else um, who can bring both of those halves together in a cohesive way that actually moves the needle forward.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay. Because this is all about Making sure that people see you as the best option, the only option, the smart choice, so to speak. Now that opens up another question for me, and that is when you sort of look at look at the landscape here with these companies and who they think can do what they're looking for in terms of solutions and whatnot. What really bugs you? Is there something that you, when you look at those companies, you see them wasting a lot of time? and energy and money money on, what What, what really bugs you within the, the kind of work that you do?
1: Oh, you know what? You're gonna open a Pandora's box here. But <laughs> you know, I, I would have to say there is still, and I've always seen it, but it continues today. There is there is still this um, impression or this assumption that if I bring in an outside expert, mm. whether it's me, whether it's the team building facilitator, whether it's a business consultant, that that connects them to an easy button. And that person's going to come in, going to fix the problems, and it's going to make it sustainable. And when they go away, the momentum will continue. And what I've always found is, while that's great for consultants, because that means we're always going to have new work to do, right? Because they're going to constantly look for a consultant to solve their problems. If they don't lean into the process and own the outcome and understand that, Um, If you really want to build a culture that sustains growth and sustains positive performance, you have to lead from the front and you have to start at the top. And so most of the organizations that I work with, the first leadership team that I pull together to do this type of work is the executive leadership team. Mm -hmm. Because the last thing I want to do, and that's the other thing I can't stand, is when an executive leadership team signs off, on bringing me in. But, you know, sort of has this mentality of, well, that sort of work is for the people below us. It has to start with the leaders from the front. And those are the same people who wonder why, one, their teams don't work together effectively, and two, they doubt the authenticity of the executives.
0: Got it. Got it. So give everyone an idea of who your ideal client is. Do you specialize in certain industries, manufacturers versus service-based versus retail versus distributors? Certain size, certain revenue. Give us an idea of who you like to work with in terms. Yeah, of. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the the bigger the organization, the better. Um, okay. I, I find for for two reasons. Selfishly, it gives me more of an opportunity to to help you know a, a wider population within one client group. Okay. Um, but two, because the larger the organization, the more they grow, the more that they um, become a, a sort of a patchwork quilt of mergers and acquisitions. Okay. The more complex they get. The deeper and thicker the walls of the silos that form, right? And no organization intends to form silos, but they all happen. The longer you're in business, the bigger you get, the more complex you are. Um, so the larger the organization, the better. Um, I I have a certain affinity for um, both the the healthcare, pharma, biotech space, okay. and what I would call the blue collar industries, so manufacturing, mining and metals, automotive. Um, you know, chemicals, all of that. Um, But by and large, I am industry agnostic. I really look for organizations that, um, where I not only wouldn't mind spending time in a room with the executive leadership team, because again, they sort of set the tone for the rest of the organization, but are people that I can grow to, you know, at the risk of being, being sappy, that I can grow to love, that I can grow to deeply care about. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed that I've gotten to a point in my career and in my business that I can be pretty discerning and pretty choosy about Mm -hmm. who I spend time with. And I've, you know, sort of gotten to the point where I realize life is too short to spend time with people who don't fulfill you and, and for whom you can't help make an amazing impact. Um, so larger complex organizations, especially those who are either going through or coming out of. Um, some sort of a combination, a merger, an acquisition um you know, a, a significant change in the leadership team where they're still trying to figure out how the pieces fit together into a cohesive whole.
0: I love it. I love it. Claire, what's your what's your story? What's your journey how what how did you end up doing this kind of work? I'm just curious
1: so as I said, I'm a corporate survivor. so I spent the the majority of my career in corporate America. Um, and while I formed my company talent boost in 2013, Uh, My transformational um, moment came two years prior to that. So in 2011, early 2011, I was still in corporate America. I was the vice president of human resources for a large, complex global organization. Um, And I will sort of shortcut the story, but that year I was diagnosed with cancer. Hmm. And the interesting thing about being diagnosed with cancer is it does put your um, priorities uh, in, into very clear perspective. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I had to take time off work. I had to have surgery fast forward to today. I am completely cancer free. Uh, so yay. Right. Um, but I, while that was my most difficult year of my life and of my journey thus far, it was such a blessing for me because it woke me up to the voice in my head that I had been outrunning. because as a VP of HR, I was traveling all the time. I was very busy. There was no time to sit in the silence. And yeah. so I had to take off from work and I had surgery and treatment and all of that. And I finally couldn't outrun that voice that kept asking me, are you doing what you're passionate about? Yeah. And I had to finally acknowledge the answer was no. And once you have that answer, you have to do something with that. Yeah. Now, if the answer had been yes, then I would have spent more time saying, okay, how do I re-engage? How do I come back even stronger? But since the answer was no, I had to figure out, OK, what what does a passionate journey look like? Um, and so that really started me on that on that quest. Right. And I and I reached out to people that I trusted and who knew me and, and who cared about me, um, not just my my health in that journey, but also what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And I got some very good advice and great support. And it's what uh, compelled me and inspired me to come back to work after I was healthy mm-hmm. and give notice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when everyone asked me, what are you going to do next? I said, you know what? I haven't figured it all out yet, but I know I'm not going to find it here. And so that started me on a journey late in 2011 um, that, that took me a couple of years, to be honest. You know, like I said, I, I left in 2011. I didn't start Talent Boost until 2013. I spent those first two years really figuring out of all the things I could do, of all the things I knew how to do, of all the things i enjoyed doing what was the sweet spot yeah. right what were the things that i could do i enjoyed doing but also would make the biggest impact and so all of that culminated in this mission that i'm on to really help um mm-hmm. leaders of big organizations from the top levels down get their people working together more effectively by accelerating trust
0: very good very good and I can, what what I love about your story, one of the things that jumped out to me was you found your calling and you activated your calling. Yes. Good for you. Amen to that. Now, now, give us a, a, a client success story that you are very particularly proud of. I know you've got a bunch, but just share with us one that really kind of uh, stands out for you.
1: Uh, you know, and, and yes, I do have a, I do have a bunch and I could give you kind of hard numbers of how I helped somebody improve, you know, their, <laughs> yeah. their, their revenue and their profitability and all that's great. But the one lately, the most recent that I am super, super proud of, um, was I, I was doing one of these leadership retreats in the fall wow. and it was with this group that was in a post combo environment. So they had, they had gone through a pretty significant merger, Um, And we had the executive leadership team in a room and it was a combination of people that had come from um, one of the the legacy companies that had been merged together and a combination of people that were coming in new. And so they had already, to some extent, identified, um, you know, five years from now, the objectives, and the outcomes that they wanted to achieve, but they hadn't quite nailed down how they were going to get there. And so I was brought in to sort of help them do that. And I said, that's all well and good. And that can be day two, but day one, we've got to accelerate trust. And they said, well, what does that look like? I said, you're going to, you're going to know it by the end of day one. And so, you know, in preparation for that, I spent some one-on-one time with every single person who was going to be in that retreat. And I got to know them a little bit better. We kind of, you know, you, you know how this is, you sort of warm up your audience, right? But it also helped prepare me for how far apart they were when we started, Mm -hmm. And so this was a group that I knew walking into day one, which was focused on accelerating trust. Day two was focused on strategic planning. I knew walking into that room, these were people who now felt a little bit more comfortable with me, but did not feel comfortable with each other. And so they walked into the room. These are all members of the same leadership team, by the way. They walked into the room. They're very formal with each other. They're talking about business, if they're talking at all. Um, And they're very guarded. Mm. And so I take them through my process and this is about a half day retreat. By the end of that day, they were joking with each other. They were teasing each other in a very respectful, but loving way. They were laughing. We all went out to a group dinner. They practically were vacuuming around us at the end of the night because no one wanted to leave. And that dinner, they weren't talking about, we've got so much work to do. And, and, you know, we got to start, we have to start even earlier tomorrow. They were talking about their kids. They were talking about their, their fur babies. They were, they were relating as humans. And so while I can talk to you about the tangible percent increase of this, that, or the other with clients to me, to witness that transformation that they went through and that I played a part in helping them to achieve Mm. was more rewarding than, than some, you know, than a lot of the other work that I've had the privilege to do.
0: (laughs) Bravo, bravo. What a great story. And that just speaks to the difference that you make in terms of how you transform these cultures and these environments. Oh my God. So listen, I, I gotta ask you this because I know people who are tuning in who are probably thinking, oh my God, I want to connect with you. I love everything that I'm hearing. If someone wanted to take the next step with you, what should they do? How can they find you online and that sort of thing?
1: So easiest way to do it is go to my website. It's clairechandler.net. I also have a talentboost.net. But I have found as I have uh, matured my own business that, you know, I am a solopreneur. I love doing what I do. And so I want to get back to leading for my personal brand. So go to ClaireChandler.net. You'll learn a little bit more about me, about my story. Um, there are some resources there that your audience can download. And there's a very nice, bright, shiny button uh, up there that they can um, book a call with me or apply to work with me.
0: Nice, nice. And what about social media? Any handles Social media. Uh,
1: yeah. So LinkedIn, I am most active on. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram too, but LinkedIn is really where I live.
0: Okay. Outstanding. All right, everyone. So connect with her because in today's crazy, topsy-turvy world that we live in, you've got to do everything you can to make sure that your culture is absolutely perfect, or at least as close to perfection as you can. And that's what Clara does. So is there anything else, Clara, that you'd like to share with everyone before we uh, depart?
1: Uh, I I think since you so deftly landed on culture, I just want to kind of reinforce that because I always say the biggest impact on the culture of a company is the behavior of its leaders. And until you get that right, your culture is always going to have those cracks in its foundation.
0: That's right. It all starts at the top, doesn't it? That's right. All right. Well, listen, thank you for being a guest on my show today. And for those of you who are who are tuning in, like I said, connect with this young lady. She's absolutely awesome. The work she's doing is so significant and I can't thank you enough for being here. And so until next time, this is Jerry Foster, the big Brandy guy, also known as the Brandon Evangelist signing off. Take care. Jerry Foster here. Thank you so much for listening to my brand forward leadership podcast. Now, if you, if you are a successful service-based entrepreneur yourself and you've got amazing expertise, I mean services, skills, talents, and abilities that you offer through your company or yourself, and you've been in business for five, ten years or more, and you would like to be a guest on this program, I would love to have you. Simply visit JerryFosterBranding.com forward slash brand-forward-leadership-forward-slash-reply and I will certainly check you out and get to know you and so on and so forth. Now, let me just add a couple of other things. Number one, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media for me? And if so, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials, okay? And number two, if you know someone that you feel would be a great guest someone that i should meet and connect with and so on and so forth tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag brand for leadership because i love seeing your posts i love guest suggestions that's how we all grow that's how we all connect and make it through this world which are through our relationships and our connections and lastly let me throw this in we are regularly putting out new episodes and content I'm always on the lookout for not only great guests, but great content. And so therefore, because we're always putting great new stuff out, juicy stuff, make sure you don't miss any episodes in the future. So please go ahead and subscribe. And I also love what? I love support. I love love. (laughs) So your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show it mean a lot to me and my team. So if you can find it in your heart to go ahead and show me that kind of support and love, I would really appreciate it. And on a second note, if you would like to know more about me, the work that I do, simply go to my website at jerryfosterbrandy.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook at Jerry Foster Branding or Instagram at Jerry Foster big brand man. okay? Jerry Foster, big brand man. Again, thanks for listening. Until we see you the next time, take care.